Hello and welcome to Pod Save My 20s, the podcast where we talk about all the things we weren't prepared for in the real world. I'm Tara. And I'm Gabrielle. And today we used our phone a friend card to get some input on our topic for today, which is workplace hacks for your 20s. But first, we always have to start with our moment of truth. And Tara, you're up. What's your moment of truth for this (laughs) week? (laughs) Game show host today. Yeah. (laughs) My, well, I've been talking about this for a little while on the podcast that I'm in the process of applying to rabbinical school. And I had a really exciting moment of truth when I finally got an email that to offer me a interview for the program, which means like my application has been reviewed and they like are considering me. And that is very exciting Mm -hmm. and very nerve wracking. Um, My interview is in two weeks and I've sort of like, I'm in this space between like, okay, I know if I interviewed today, I feel prepared, but because it's not for two weeks, I feel like I have to be doing something more than what I'm doing to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of like the mental gymnastics game that I've been playing and trying to um, trying to like navigate how to like be ready and feel prepared and not overwhelm myself and not be anxious. Um, because like I said, I really think that if my interview was happening today, I've already done the work. Like mm-hmm. I've worked really hard to get to this place and I, I'm, I've already prepared myself in so many ways. And I, I think that I would be prepared today and I don't mm-hmm. wanna overwhelm myself, <laughs> but I also wanna do the best that I can. So I'm definitely gonna work <laughs> on prep, like some preparation. I just wanna try to like not put so much pressure on myself is sort of what I'm working on. Yeah, I feel like that's the eternal struggle. <laughs> but yeah, I you're so right. You've been preparing for this for so long. You're so ready. I'm excited for you to have that interview and everything. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yes, oh what is your moment of truth? Oh, that's a good question. It was <laughs> when we were talking about our moment of truth earlier, I was like, I've only talked about how busy I am for the last month. <laughs> so today I'm going to talk about something different. Yeah, I... So something that I was busy with doing, and I don't know if I've really talked about this before, but I was invited to by a curator back in Denver, where I used to, where I used to live in Colorado, who invited me to be in a show, an art show uh, that starts this week. So I had been for the past month, kind of, or past three weeks, like going to see what prints I still had from this. It was a specific body of work that she wanted um, some stuff from some pieces from so I had to go back and find those and then figure out shipping and dimensions and price points and kind of all this stuff that I probably should be doing all the time with my stuff but you know it's just like culminated and then my moment of truth was just sending out that last package this last week and being like all right well you're off into the world now to be seen finally after two years of sitting on this work (laughs) and and I'm also I'm excited about it I'm also a little nervous because as I told you before this is work that I I mean I did in 2018 I felt like a different person like looking back at it now I feel like I was a whole different in a very different headspace and like making this kind of very specific work. And I feel like I've shifted a little bit. There's still some stuff that's the same, but I'm excited to see how it goes. And I'm excited to be a part of a show that's it's all female driven and led to female curator, woman, woman led, I should say woman curated and uh, woman owned gallery and women photographers all in it. And it's, it's, I'm really happy and proud to be a part of it. And I'm excited to see how it goes. So yeah, yeah, that's my one of truth. 
That's exciting. I, yeah, I know you were saying like, like things maybe would be different if, if it was art from that is more recent, but I think there's like, like that captures a moment in time. That was the version of you that created that work is like valid and real. And I I don't I think it's really cool that you are able to continue to um, show work from past years. And I looked, you, you shared with me what the, what the pieces were, like what it looked like and everything. And I thought it was really cool. So I think it's going to have a great effect um, on display. It's, it, it deserves to be seen. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah. For everyone listening, it's Monday. <laughs> it's, it's late on Monday. It's, it's uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's That's Monday. It's Monday evening. Gabrielle and I have both been really busy and- <laughs> And like, I've, I've genuinely missed recording. I know, you know, we switched to Mm -hmm. every other week Mm -hmm. and I think that was very much the right decision for us (laughs) right now and for this podcast, but I've really missed just like talking to you and having these conversations every week. Yeah, me too. I felt the same. It feels like it's been so long. It has, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks, but yeah, usually we're having these nice conversations every week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, that being said, Gabrielle and I, I think have, you know, pretty like interesting and different experiences in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, And there we were thinking about what might be an interesting topic to to touch on and something that we maybe would have benefited from hearing, (laughs) you know, before entering the workplace or as a young professional. We're still young professionals, but I don't know. I've been I've been in the workforce for five years. (laughs) I mean, I graduated in 2017. So I guess four years now. Can I do math correctly? Yeah, about four years. But I've also had a very very weird stint in the workplace where I did like internships, unpaid internships, and Mm -hmm. I've worked pretty much odd jobs the entire time. Like the job I'm in now is the most stable and it's fairly unstable because most (laughs) of it has been during COVID. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, I've been working full time for five years. I graduated a year before you. And of course Mm -hmm. I've I've held jobs since I was like 15 years old. I, yeah. think, I've, I think I've been employed since I was 15. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've spent a lot of time in the workplace as a young human. And I think, <laughs> I think Gabrielle, you have too. And mm-hmm. there are some learning curves that come with, come with that. And yeah. we're going to talk about some of those things today. So to start off, Gabrielle, put together a little survey and we're going to go through some of the some of the things that our friends suggested we talk about today (laughs) yeah so I guess we want to start because we like I said earlier we used our phone a friend card so we got some good stuff from our survey and then Tara got some good feedback on our Instagram posts and I know some people want to shout out so I'm trying to look at names right now too I guess if we want to start off just like some things I feel like there's two parts of this there's like things that you've learned and then there's things that you're still working on because it's it's all a learning curve and all a learning experience throughout the time like there'll be new things that come up all the time and I'm like wow I wish I would have known (laughs) and I need to get better at that too (laughs) yeah The first thing we kind of asked is just what is something you learned in the workplace in your 20s? And we had some good responses for this. So I'm just going to go hop my friend Holly, who was just on here last time that we spoke. Yes. Well, Holly says your relationship with your coworkers can make or break a job. If your coworkers are great, any work can be enjoyable. 
But if you don't get along with your coworkers, even your dream job can be worthless and unmeaningful. You don't need to be best friends with them, but feeling comfortable with who you work with is extremely important. And yeah, I, that is so true. Like you can love what you do in, but if you're around people that just don't support you and you don't feel are in the words of Brene Brown, your tribe, you know, you, you have to be able to bring your authentic self to work. And that's actually a conversation that we've been kind of having at work or has been brought up at work a little bit more that I think interesting. is important. Mm-hmm. That's great. I yeah, I say all the time that you know, you spend so much of your life with your colleagues and with your coworkers and in the workplace. And so mm-hmm. I think this is so important and you can, you know, have your dream job but be surrounded by people who aren't like nourishing and it's not going to be your dream job anymore. So I think that that's like such an important piece. And when you're like deciding if you're going to take a job or not, that's like can be part of your decision-making process. Um, I know in my last job search, that was a huge factor for me was, was I going to go somewhere where I was going to be pretty much like working solo or did I want to go somewhere where I was working on a team? And I chose to go somewhere where, where I was working on a team. And that was a big piece of my decision. Yeah. And that's, it's so true. And something that I've learned or read about a little bit in the last, and I need to get better at is like doing interviews during the interview. You're not just being interviewed. You're interviewing them. You're seeing what their environment is like, what their community is like, what their, you know, like their workplace is like, and what kind of people that they cultivate and bring to the table there. And you want to make sure that it's a place, not only that they want you, but you want to be there too. And you want to be a part of that team and that community and that workplace, you know, it's, it is a community at that point you're with like you said you're with those people a lot and you're communicating with them constantly and having those moments and yeah that's that's a great point and on the flip side of like making your dream job like she said or like making your dream job worse maybe it can make the worst job so much better too if you get along with your coworkers and you can talk with them and have that morale and that support among them too you know like the harder the hardest days can be made so much better with the support of some great coworkers. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look at the next one here. So this is from Levi, which is your brother, right? Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah finally got it. <laughs> so he said, he said, no one knows what's actually going on. It's trying things based out of history and fixing issues. I think this is actually a really good one because mm-hmm. there's no like right or wrong. I mean, there is, there is a right or wrong way to do things sometimes. <laughs> For sure. In some place. Yeah. (laughs) There's right or wrong, but I get what you're saying. There's not, it's not hard and fast. Like there's not, if you're working towards, if you're working on something like in my, in my previous job, which was my first like real workplace experience, my supervisor would always tell our team, like, it's okay to fail as long as we're failing forward. And I think that that I that was a really hard mentality for me to embrace um, because failure is really hard. And I think part of that conversation was like, you need to be like starting early. You got to be okay with failure, but you also have to leave the space to like succeed if it does fail. And I think that that is an interesting way to like frame um, workplace challenges. If you fail, how are you learning from it? And and what are you doing next? And are you going to be able to, to move forward quickly and efficiently? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a great way of looking at it. And I wish more workplaces would like adopt that kind of mentality because like you said, failure is a scary 
scary thing. And we've been trained to like fear failure since we were children, since we, you know, dreaded an F on a paper or something and weren't doing well enough in school, whatever. And we're all kind of working on like performance reviews and always like, oh, we got to make sure we're not failing. We're doing all these things and showing how great we are and everything we're accomplishing. But you learn so much from failure and you try things and things don't work out. And that's just real life in the real world. And it's so important to make sure that it's a safe environment to do that in, because if you're feeling like your job is going to be taken away from you if you mess up like everyone messes up we're human that's a great one all right so our next one is from Anna and I believe Anna if it's the I'm thinking of um is actually a friend of mine from high school who I hadn't talked to in a while and she found our podcast and was giving us such sweet feedback about it so thank you Anna for listening and for participating today that's so Um, nice yeah I know (laughs) we we like really love if you're listening like if you're listening right now please let us know we just love (laughs) like we it really like is such a serotonin boost that we need so let us know someone's out there (laughs) please anyway let's let's hear Anna's advice yes Anna's advice um boundaries are key this is oh I love this thank you Anna because this has been a hot topic just for at work for me as well. Boundaries are key. If you show someone that you're willing to give up everything else outside of the workplace, more often than not, they will take advantage of that. Setting boundaries helps prevent burnout, restores creativity, and gives some resemblance of work-life balance. And so true. Boundaries are key. I I don't have anything to add there. It's just- Yeah. This is something that I had to really like learn Mm -hmm. um, because- burnout is so real it is and I would rather be the best version of myself in the workplace than Mm -hmm. be a burnt out employee any day um and that this is what like you have sick leave for a reason you have vacation leave for a reason and Mm -hmm. it's so important to take advantage of it and to use it when you need it um and and also like setting those boundaries I that is something for me that has been so important in my job I you know working with students they have no they have no sense of boundaries this weekend I had a text from a student at 10 o'clock at night on Saturday okay Mm -hmm. And I, and I decided, I saw it, but I decided not to respond until the next day at Mm -hmm. like a normal, reasonable time. And I think that like, it's little things like that and it it adds up. It's cumulative. Mm -hmm. It's, it's taking, it's taking care of yourself in small ways and setting those small boundaries that ultimately are going to create a healthy worth work-life balance for you. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I guess, and I should preface this way, probably it's been said earlier in our self-care episode that boundaries are uh, somewhere I'm lacking in skill for sure. <laughs> and something that I'm learning to do, but it, it is so true. Like I've done that where I'm like answering that email that I get at 8 p.m., answering it then because I get it and I just do it. And it's like, no, I'm paid to work between eight and 4.30 every day. <laughs> That's when I should be checking my email and responding. And it is. It's setting those like maybe those timers where you only get you only get notifications for things, you know, between the working hours or something being upfront about when something's going to take you a little bit longer. 
you know, that's something I'm struggling with too, like asking for overtime or being like, you know, this is, I have a lot on my plate right now. Maybe I can't take this on. There's a boundaries are hard and it's the small ones and it gets to the big ones where you have to have those big conversations about what is feasible with, for you within that you're one person, you know, to get so much done within a time frame. It's so true. And I love the part where she says about creativity as well. It is restores creativity. You need that downtime. You need to have that space to grow and, you know, do other things other than just stare at your email for all day. (laughs) Even if you're working your dream job and you're doing what you love, you need, you need to take care of yourself and you need to have boundaries around your work. And that is something I have thought about at length going Mm -hmm. into a career path that is very much like, I don't know what boundaries are going to look like, but I know that I'll have to figure it out. That's true. I, yeah, I've thought about that. Not for you specifically, but (laughs) like being in something like where you're more student focused, you're a teacher, you're, you know, you're doing these more difficult kind of, it's difficult to see the lines within those, you know, like at least with the office job, I have more clear cut boundaries. Like it's obvious when I should and shouldn't be doing something, but like, Mm -hmm. When you're either like a therapist or a teacher, you know, or doing, you know, something within the realms of religion and things like that, like it kind of, it gets blurred and it's hard. And you have to realize, like, if you want to be able to be there for everyone the way that you need to be there for them, you still have to take that time in between and you still have to take that time off and, you know, give yourself that space and also set examples for other people because those people that look up to you, they're going to be looking at you and watching what you're doing all the time. If you're always responding, if you're always, you know, you want to be communicative, but you also want to set that example that it's good to set those boundaries. It's good to take that time for yourself. It's good to step away for a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something too, like we kind of, we've always stressed and put up on pedestals and it's not wrong. It's just, I think it's something that we're realizing now too. We're putting people up there that are, you know, are really burning themselves at both ends, trying to get all this stuff done and they're accomplishing a lot, but they're also probably struggling more than we see and they're not taking care of themselves as much and then it's setting that example for other people as well Mm -hmm. yeah very very important and super hard to do as a young professional Mm -hmm. um you know I think it takes practice and uh Mm -hmm. it's it you know it's something that you have to be okay with the uncomfortability of yep Mm -hmm. and and you get you'll get used to it I you know if you're someone who struggles with that and Gabrielle I know you (laughs) you said that this is a challenge for you so I think Mm -hmm. it's you can one day report back on (laughs) on someday I'll have an update episode in like five years I think one of my coworkers actually sent a good article earlier about setting boundaries in the workplace. I don't know if that's something we can share, but. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. That's just something. It's it's an ongoing topic. That's. That's great. It's I've really. I've about for years. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so, if these things aren't things your workplace is talking about already, mm-hmm. like maybe it's, maybe you bring it. Like, I, th- I think yeah. it's so important that this is not only, like it's normalized and it is encouraged in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's not in all workplaces, but I think it's no. important and 
I think that's going to change over the next, you know, several years with our generation (laughs) and Gen Z really moving into the workforce. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to change. And also this pandemic, of course, will have profound effects on how we view work-life balance. So it'll be very interesting to see how that all pans out. Just, you know, prioritize you mm-hmm. so you can do the best job that you can and so that you can live the best like version of the life that you you have you only get one yeah <laughs> oh my gosh so tr- <laughs> you only get one you only get one life all Enjoy right it. yeah <laughs> so uh let's see the next one is anonymous so mm-hmm. This is a good one. I like it says it's helpful to know the right person for a task. You can't be an expert in everything. So realizing who the right person is and asking them for help can get the job done quicker. I think this is brilliant. I had a really hard time asking for help when I first started working. Yeah, no, it's so I still am obviously working on a lot, but (laughs) I was even this week because I have this big event coming up and I realized that like there's my to-do list keeps getting longer, but the time frame that I have kind of keeps getting shorter, you know, and I I had some coworkers ask like, you know, if there's anything I can do. And I'm like, yeah, actually there is like, I, I need the help and I need to figure out how to ask for that help and how to ask for it accordingly. And so that's something, maybe that's a small victory this week is I did ask for help at some, like I said, these are the things that I need some support on. And I did that. And I think that's, that's good. I'm proud of myself for that. I hope everyone is having moments of being able to do that and ask for help. Tara's laughing at me, but because no, <laughs> I am no, Tara. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> that is great. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's true. You know, you gotta learn how to delegate and when they hire people in for jobs, like there's no one person who can do everything. That should not be a baseline, <laughs> you know? Our next one is from Zach, who we've heard from before as well. So thank you, Zach, for chiming in this time. And he says, how rewarding it is to be part of a good team, accomplishing something in the work environment and building friendships. I think that ties in nicely with our first kind of feedback is, yeah, having having that team surround you and having that kind of camaraderie and that feeling of building something together and working towards a common goal and then and having friendships in the workplace which I know Tara you're really great at making friends and especially at work and I love to hear your tips and tricks for that too <laughs> we could just, to share <laughs> I mean I just force my friendship upon <laughs> my upon my upon my colleagues um I'm joking I you know in my in my previous role I think our team was the perfect example of this and some of the people I'm closest with in my life now have come from my former workplace um, and the the community that we built there, um, the camaraderie and the, you know, it was so rewarding to work with my best friends and share like a goal and a vision for something. Um, that was so special. And you're, you're not going to find that in every workplace and that's okay. But it, it just like, the power of relationships in the workplace is so valid and so important. Gabrielle, you're muted. I don't know if you. Oh, I just, I just confirmed. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to my work wife, Rachel. 
I miss you. <laughs> I miss having my partner in collaboration and thought and creativity and facilitation and all the things. So one day I hope we'll get to work together again. Oh, that's so sweet. I want a work wife. <laughs> I need, to, I need to force my friendship. Oh man. Well, that's great. So I got some advice from Instagram. So I can share a couple of those. Yeah, um, let's hear it. One of them we already talked about, work-life balance, which, you know, yes, agreed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Another one we have is Thailand's salary is not what defines you. Oh, and I think that's your worth isn't based on your worth. I think, and that's so, mm, another thing I think that it's like one of those unlearning moments because as kids, you know, you're constantly asked like, what do you want to be when you grow up, you know? And that's like the thing is what do you want to do for work? That's going to define you. That's who you are. That's what you're doing. And it's so, it's so, I mean, I'm a whole person, you know, I'm not just who I am at work. I'm doing a lot of other things and I have a lot of different identities and like ways that I project and become who I am. And it's not just like being at work, you know, and everything. And I enjoy doing what I'm doing, but I also, you know, we have all these other facets of us that aren't always in that workplace. And I don't know what my career is, you know, I'm doing this job and I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying who I work with and everything. And I'm learning a lot. But I wouldn't define myself as like an event planner, you know, or I wouldn't define like I'm an artist. I like to say like I'm an artist. I'm a sister. I'm like, you know, all these other things and like enjoying all these other aspects of life. I really like hiking and, you know, being outdoors and doing it's just and like my title and salary is not I I don't even I don't even think I really like ever think about myself in defining terms terms of that because I it's just feels so far removed from me as a person. You know, I don't know if any of that made any sense, but this just resonated. It does. Mm -hmm. It really does. And I think that this is something that really came up for me in my in my last job search. Mm -hmm. Um, because looking at title and salary in different places can be like like hard it's hard to compare and not feel like it affects the way people see you based on what that might look like yeah and I know I've struggled a little bit in my current role with my title I've Mm -hmm. felt like it doesn't quite like match up with my responsibilities and it sounds like a demotion almost from my last title um, but it's not. It just it's a different organization, and the and the work titles are, look different. And and I realized, and like I have to remind myself often that it really doesn't matter, like what my title is or salary or anything. What matters is that I'm enjoying the work that I'm doing, and I'm doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, <laughs> so, you know. It comes up in different ways. Mm-hmm. No, that's so true. And yeah, it's not about the title. It's like what you're actually doing. And titles, ugh, overrated. They hold mm-hmm. nothing <laughs> sometimes. Uh, so true. People make up titles for themselves. Like, Yeah, maybe I should do that. I'm just going to make up my next title. <laughs> yeah, I was watching, I was, I was watching a show, um, a Netflix docuseries called Future Worlds. Um, mm. And it it just it was very interesting but one of the people that they have on the series their job is like a futurologist oh and I was like I want to be a futurologist that's so cool (laughs) like that's it sounded like a made-up 
job or like title uh-huh. and I looked it up and it's real. <laughs> what it what is it? It's someone who like studies what might like basically like studies human evolution and oh. like predicts what might happen in the future. That's so cool. Dang. Okay. And there's jobs out there you don't even know about, obviously. So that's cool. <laughs> learning new things that's a fun tidbit of the day I'm really yeah. here for that <laughs> thank you um and then the other one I have from my little Instagram survey is um from a friend Ian and he says save as much money as you can reasonably burnout is real I don't know if those are connected or not but I think it's I, good advice I yeah I think I identify with that more than that kind of just put to words what I've been doing for the past four years. Cause like I said, I've been working like odd jobs, but I've just pretty much been like, I save as much as I can and I'm working seven days a week. And then I, I burn out and I take a month off, you know, or I like quit my jobs and go find new ones. And that's probably, that's not sustainable at all. Not that that puts Ian's <laughs> idea down, <laughs> but I'm, I'm obviously putting it in a wrong way like doing it in the wrong way. I've been doing better now. Like I, yeah. I've, I've learned, I think I just, you know, it's, it's a learning curve, like you said, and in the workplace, like I wasn't used to a nine to five and also just where I was at, I had to kind of stick different things together to be able to make a living wage, you know? And it was mm-hmm. just, yeah. And I mean, we talked about like the, you know, finance, becoming financially literate yeah. is important. And that's something that, like you might have resources in your workplace for, um, you likely have resources in order to start saving towards retirement and different things like that. So it's just, I think that, you know, it is connected, like your finances and your, your, you know, experience in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a good, good advice to save money. I don't, (laughs) I I don't have the ability to truly, like I, I really, you know, my income covers my expenses and that is how, that is how I've lived for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can save money, I think it is good advice. I also will say like, even though I am, I've been in this like paycheck to paycheck kind of lifestyle for a while, I have put aside the funds for re- towards retirement over the years and mm-hmm. like things like that. So I still have opted into those things and been able to start up those important funds for myself for the future. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's fantastic. And that's what you should be doing. And I think it goes not without saying it's important to point out that that's a reality for a lot of people, especially a lot of young professionals, a lot of people our age, we are living paycheck to paycheck mostly, you know, and you're not always able to save a lot of money. And the times that I have been able, I've been very privileged in order to do so, you know, I had a place to stay or something and like helped bring down my bills, but it's not a possibility for everyone. And it's, it's difficult, like money. It's so, yeah, becoming financially literate is important. And like money kind of drives these conversations and these needs all the time. And for like how we end up working and having these jobs that maybe we don't fit in and everything, you know, we're talking about workplace and stuff and, what makes a good one and kind of what makes a bad one and things we've learned too, or things I've learned too, is sometimes it's just out of pure necessity that we're doing what we're doing. And it might be upsetting for a little bit. And it's kind of trying to find how you can move into something that's allows you to have that work-life balance and allows you to, you know, have those life. I don't even know the word that I wanted there, you know, 
like ha- live the life that you want to live and like be healthy and happy and <laughs> able at the time yeah I mean we don't we don't like recognize or talk about enough how much of our lives is connected to work yeah and I think that no matter what like many of us in our 20s even if we're doing something we love we still like are working to be able to live and to be able to just just like cover cost of living yeah well I've had to give up jobs that I did love but weren't covering my cost of living you know that's at the same time Mm-hmm. kind of goes both ways yeah so you know look if you if you can and you're able to find something you enjoy and make the money doing it that's great but mm-hmm. if you can't I think it's still there's still so much opportunity to like find a good workplace yeah um, and not sell yourself short mm-hmm. and not not accept any kind of treatment that you don't deserve in a workplace I think I know I've been in workplaces that yeah. are toxic and mm-hmm. you don't have to stay there. You never are stuck anywhere. You can always find the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it might take some work, some mm-hmm. outside work, you know, and some struggle, but you can get there. I think I even didn't even notice there was really a difference. or I didn't know there was a difference, you know, between these toxic environments and these healthier ones until I was able to get to a healthier work environment, you know? and recognize why I was having so much trouble at past environments and past places, you know? And I think that's part of learning and part of going through your twenties and getting, I don't know, maybe even your thirties and everything, you're always learning. Um, yeah. But I think that, and that's where I like kind of push back against that idea of the career. Cause just like, you know, schools or something, or, you know, relationships and friends and things like you're always kind of finding where you fit and where, what works for you and what doesn't. And to think that you just like get into a career straight out of college and then you're there forever, like it just seems unrealistic. I think that's a very outdated concept. You know, I think that mo- for the most part, like that's not the reality yeah. anymore. And like also that invalidates the experience of like you chose a career path and you you don't like it and you mm-hmm. you can change your career path like you know i think that is also it ha- that happens yeah and it happens at so many different ages it can happen at you can realize at 15 at 25 at 30 at 40 at 50 at 60 you know you can have these changes throughout your life like you know moments things experiences that will make you realize oh this is actually what I want to be doing or like this is now this is it for me and it can change based on situation and different things too you know yeah I think it's never too late to make a change no even if it feels like it Mm -hmm. it's not is it's all a social construct everything you know everything well right and we're in a simulation and nothing nothing is real but but I mean it it is true like it is a social construct when you think like age really is you know and it's like you can't change when you're older because who said that because that was the way it was always done well it's different now you know yeah I think I listened to an episode of Jonathan Van Ness's podcast and I forgot I'm forgetting what it's called (laughs) 
That's okay. We can. Yeah. But anyway, I listened to an episode of this podcast and the, the person that he was interviewing or they, I'm sorry, the person that they were interviewing was a Holocaust survivor who was talking about, who literally said in, in this podcast that the best advice she ever got was like, that you're not too old to pursue something that you want to do. She said in her fifties, she had the opportunity to get her PhD. And she said to, you know, she said to someone like, I'm, I'm in my fifties, like I'm too old to do this. And they said, no, you're not like you, you'll do it. If you want to do it, you do it. And like, that's it. If you start now, you'll be done when you're done. And like, there's no, there's no like age limit or like age requirement for anything like you can always go back to school you can always um you know learn a new trade learn a new skill if you if you would like to and you know it might take planning and you know some I get what you're saying like I mean you have different responsibilities at different times in your life like maybe you have a family then or something that you need to think about too but you make it work you know and you figure out what works for you and how you can get to that point that you want to be doing what you're yeah. doing, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm like remembering the conversation, like as it being very mm-hmm. much like you can, you can start now or you can wait till you're 60 and you'll, you'll wish you'll have started. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that just makes me think like, if you're waiting for the right time, there's really never a right time. You know, it, it's just, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you're thinking about, if that's taking up such a spot in your mind that it's there all the time, you know, maybe the time is now. There's no, there's no perfect timing really for anything. You kind of, you have to work to make things work. And if that's what you want. I like Mm -hmm. to say that timing isn't perfect, but it is divine and Mm. everything works itself out in time. (laughs) I like that. I'm just mulling that over now. (laughs) Sitting with it. Yeah, I mean, you every moment, every second that we have is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And like you get to choose, you are you are always in control of what you do at that time. And that can be a little stressful. And that's not but you that time can also just be like I'm going to sit and watch a show now. Yes. Like yeah. that's totally valid. That but- should be part of the time. You know, it like should it should be. Yeah. <laughs> that should be what you pr- are prioritizing is like taking care of yourself in that time oh, too. hundred percent. And that's, and there's such a difference also. I think we just have such a problem with being like, oh, I prioritizing myself. I don't want to be selfish. There's a difference between like being selfish and taking care of yourself and prioritizing you and your needs. You know, it's when you're like stomping over people for <laughs> things that you don't need, you know, and it's more want-based, but I, there's a distinction and don't feel selfish prioritizing yourself, especially in the workplace. And I was just going to say, I, the podcast is getting curious. Right. I knew it was something along those lines. (laughs) So Gabrielle, what else, what, what other like things have you learned in the workplace or as a employee or, you know, what, what else can we throw in here? Yeah. So I was thinking about that earlier. Something came to me because I'm not very good at being put on the spot, but I had something come to me earlier that I realized. And I think it's kind of 
something I touched on earlier, like noticing the difference between these like more toxic workplaces and what I've really realized is a good workplace or healthy or something that I just didn't have before is showing gratitude to your colleagues and your coworkers and saying thank you for picking up that, you know, that email chain or like picking up that task and recognizing their work and just going out of your way to send that small email and being like, hey, I really loved that MailChimp template you put together today. It looked great. Or like, thanks for that social media post. It was fantastic. And like, I mean, these are all kind of like specific to my job, but um, you can just say the little things then like, or I appreciate that you did this, you know, and recognizing what your coworkers are doing and having them do the same for you. And it's showing, we just had like a conversation about this at work. Cause we try to have these conversations once a month, um, like community coffee and conversation. I think they're called, I can't remember. It's the inclusive culture liaisons and it's fantastic. And we had a conversation about love and showing love to your call and like how you can show love to your colleagues. And cause there's so many different types of love, you know, and one of them is just, yeah, showing gratitude and picking up those like little acts of service for others, you know, and especially in this time when we're not seeing people in person, it's so important to just show that you're on the other side of the screen and you're seeing what people are doing and you're appreciative of it. And it, it makes my day when I get those little, little notes from my co- coworkers. It re- really does. It makes a world of difference. I think that's a great one. Um, it reminded me of something in my current workplace um, that we had as a rule when we were in person, it doesn't really apply so much right now, but I I like the idea of it, which was that if you wanted to compliment someone on something like that was aesthetic, like say you like someone's shoes or you like, like someone's hair that day or whatever. Like if you, if you're complimenting someone on their shoes, you also need to compliment them on their work. Um, so the rule was that if you like, when you give compliments, you also mm-hmm. need to incorporate like gratitude for the work that they're doing. And cause we're more than our appearances. Oh, yeah. um, and it's also just like a good reminder. Like you should be reflecting gratitude and compliments um, as much as possible. And I think we forget that. Um, we definitely forget that. <laughs> Especially when we get busy and wrapped up in like all the things that we're doing and get overwhelmed and stuff. It just cuts through the noise on both sides, you know? Yeah. Tara, what about you? Is there something that you've learned or something you want to talk about about the workplace? Yeah. So something that I really had to learn in entering the workforce is you are, you're responsible for advocating for yourself. You can't expect anyone else to advocate for you in the workplace that, and they might, and like good supervisors know how to advocate for you. But at the end of the day, like you have to, you have to be your own advocate you have to, um, you know, sometimes you have to manage up. It's not always easy to communicate your needs um, in the workplace. And you have, you have to, you have to learn how to do it regardless. Um, That goes for taking a sick day. It's always so hard to ask for, like, to say you're taking a day off for, for like a personal medical reason or or whatever it is. It's so hard to do that, but you have to, mm-hmm. it's you so have important. to learn. Yeah. I finally <laughs> um, used, oh, I finally, I used, I told you, but I, I used two hours of my sick time. 
<laughs> my 40 hours of sick time. I used two hours of it a couple weeks ago when I was having a rough week. And I, I was just, I was not feeling well, you know, in the morning. And like my supervisor had even said, like, you have the sick time. Like sometimes people aren't feeling well in the morning. They tell me like, I'm going to be out for a couple hours or I'm going to use a couple hours of sick time. And that's fine. You can use it that way. And I was debating for so long in the morning of doing that. And I finally did it. And I was like, I was shaking, like even just using sick time. Cause I was like, what if I need it some other time? I don't know, but yeah. just using that it's, it's, it's hard even just doing those little things. But then, yeah, you, it, that is probably one of the hardest things, what you said, advocating for yourself in the workplace. Like no one knows what you're going through or what you're doing. And you have to be the keeper of your time for using your sick time, using your vacation time and everything. And asking for that support when you need it and everything and it's not easy it's it's so it's so intimidating in the workplace it is it can be but Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be own the power that you have you are protected as an employee there is a reason why you have sick days there is a reason why like you there are hr exists like you should use every resource that is available to you um, because it's in, there's a reason why all those things exist and they're there to protect you. They're there to take care of you. Um, and just like quick reminder, in the U.S., we have a horrible culture around like work and like vacation and taking time off. We like a lot of other places in the world, this is like such a different conversation. And I think we forget that (laughs) is that this isn't just like normal, like human behavior. Like we, we work like this as Americans and you can, I think that you can make yourself Like for me, I know I'm a better employee when I'm taking care of myself, when I'm advocating for myself, and when I pay attention to my needs in the workplace and ask for what I need. I am a better employee. And it is so hard to do those things for yourself, but you have no other choice. No one else will do it for you. That's a really hard lesson to learn and a really hard, um, it's, it's always, it's an ongoing thing. You're always going to be learning how to better advocate for yourself in any setting, but the workplace is just as valid as in a relationship is just as valid as in a friendship and, you know, any, anything like you, you, you have, I don't know, how, how am I coming across Gabrielle? What am I saying? <laughs> No, you're saying great things that I don't, I don't even have, I don't have words for, <laughs> for elaborating because you're just, you're, you're right. It's hardest part of growing up. <laughs> you got to advocate for yourself. You know, you got to learn how to stand up for yourself and what you need and recognizing what you need too. sometimes, you know, that's another aspect of it. Like sometimes I just get so overwhelmed. I don't even know how to proceed at that point, you know, and in work and life, but <laughs> it, you're just, you're right. Yeah. It is. It's, it's a learning and it, it's a learning, learning, learning. It's a learning. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. Like you should be always learning and always, um, like understanding better how to take care of you so yeah. that you can do the work and yeah. and do it well and um mm-hmm. and enjoy the work yeah because it, it's supposed I mean we spend so much time there we need to enjoy 
what we're doing at least and you're not going to enjoy it every day obviously even your dream job's going to have bad days but you need to yeah you're right you need to enjoy it you need to be able to be good with what you're doing during the day and yeah it's it's just all a lot a lot to learn (laughs) it is it is and yeah what what else Gabrielle did you think did you have anything else on your list oh I don't know no that was just something I the gratitude was just something that had come to mind I think during Anna's thing about boundaries and then thinking about authentic self and then I don't know I don't know how I got into gratitude but it just came to me um I guess like something that I've I think I've talked about before too is just the nine to five is so hard to get used to and like get into that rhythm and everything there there's a lot of and like feeling and I felt like I couldn't bring my authentic self to work for a long time and I'm still working on it I think actually being remote has helped me a little bit with that in the fact that like getting dressed is something that I struggle with all the time like not just at work but then like having to dress specifically for work was something that I like really had a a difficult time getting into and would make it would make the day harder a lot of the time because like I'm trying to dress the way I want to dress and then also feel comfortable and I don't know safe it's it like clothing has a lot of connotation and a lot of deep-seated different things for me so it it, that was something that struggled with too is trying to figure out how (laughs) to like be myself but also like be good for work and it sounds like I wearing like crazy clothing but it's not that it's it's a very internal like an internal struggle of like well I just I feel most comfortable in this versus you know something yeah I mean it's the way you dress is a part of your identity and if you feel like you can't dress comfortably and and feel like your attire fits in in your workplace I think that's really hard um you know I've been I've been like really lucky to always have been in a workplace where I can wear jeans and like pretty much whatever I want like within mm-hmm. reason what but yeah truly like I can I could dress how I want and even so I still mm-hmm. you know struggle sometimes to kind of figure out what I wanted to wear and who I wanted to present myself as in the workplace yeah and well you're right it is identity and that's important yeah no you're so right and I the way you just said that made me think I mean I think something that I've especially like in my 20s and we haven't really touched on this explicitly yet but it's just finding myself like I had no inclination as to who I was until I was like 21 you know I well after college I finally think I figured out like how to kind of come into my own a lot and like be comfortable with who I am and realizing who that person is and like finding peace with that and comfortability you know and so then I think then coming into adding in another aspect of like trying to fit that identity into another mold it felt like at times Mm -hmm. but I think I'm you know the remote setting has allowed me to kind of (laughs) (laughs) you know maybe a benefit of it at least for myself has been being comfortable in that yeah and I think look that might be a lasting change that comes from this pandemic experience that we've had we now Mm -hmm. know that most jobs, many jobs can be done virtually, can be done from your home. Mm-hmm. We know that pr- productivity can be the same, if not higher, in a mm-hmm. place that you're comfortable, like your home. And we know that we hate wearing pants. Oh, <laughs> screw pants. 
<laughs> we, you know, and, and like, oh my gosh. it's, I hope that those are things that will translate once we, once things start to get back to normal and yeah, I put that quote in unquote. quote on, on quotes because yeah. I read, I actually read a, um, read an article recently that said that, you know, the coronavirus is essentially like, will be like another flu that mm-hmm. like, we're going to have to think about all, you know, on a yeah. yearly basis and have new vaccines and, but it's going to be okay. Like yeah. that's, you know, the piece of it, like it will be okay. We will adapt. Um, mm-hmm. and, but it's going to take time and there's going to be a lot of like fallout and change from this experience that we've had. So true. And I, th- that actually brings me back to something I thought earlier when you were talking about making the change, I think from being career focused to like, you know, finding the jobs that's good for you and everything, but I'm just, I'm really excited about the precipice of change that we're standing on right now. Like we're really like, there's just so much is going to happen and I, I'm excited to see it. And I know, and it takes time, but we're like right in the midst of it. We're in the thick of it right now and it's going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight, but I just, I know like it, it's going on right now. It's going on in this time and we're living for it and we're living through it and we're helping it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Some say that this new like decade is a transitional time. So like we're mm-hmm. <laughs> getting like into like <laughs> astrology, but um, there's like people who think that we we're like currently ushering the in the age of Aquarius, which is a much mm-hmm. more like open and like connected like version of humanity. Look it up, like <laughs> you decide for yourself. But you know we're, <laughs> but I don't It'll know. Be our next episode. <laughs> No, you're right. I mean, it's the roaring 20s. Like you we feel these shifts. Like it happens. You see them in history books and everything and that you know, we all have our own maybe ways of explaining them or reconciling them, but it's it's true. Like we're I am not saying like <laughs> you're like Tara. Not, no, I'm not trying to I'm just <laughs> bringing it. I don't know. Right. No, you're I'm not you're, discounting you're anything right. you're saying. You're I just you're, you're right. <laughs> no, I, we, I'm going to go look this up right after we talk and I'm going to read up about the age of Aquarius. I'm reading my tarot cards every day. I can't, I can't say anything. <laughs> same, same. But no. I feel like this episode has been like, not, not just like off the rails, but like, just like on the, on like a, another track a little bit. Like, <laughs> I, I think it, it shifted, but I think it's, I mean, I've enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, this I has think, been yeah, great. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got offended about shifting tracks. I was like, but it's great still. <laughs> no, I was going to say like, you know, we've mm-hmm. sort of like shifted a bit from our initial focus, but I think that I think that we've like shared some some good things here and talked about some interesting stuff. And yeah. what I wanted to say is if you're still listening, which my gosh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> um, but if you're still listening, like and you're you're 20 something in the workplace, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like hang in there. We know yeah. like it is 
where we're, we know this is a hard time. <laughs> this yeah. is a really, like, there's so much that you have to adapt to and learn and figure out. And your first day in a job is like scarier than any first day of school that you'll ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, and do a good work but don't take it all too seriously. Like at the end of the day, your health and your wellness are more important and you are only a better employee when you're taking care of yourself. And I think that is really, you know, just harking back to self-care, which we talk about all the time um, on this podcast. Like This is really just self-care for your 20s. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I just wanted to like emphasize that message. No, I think that is a brilliant place to leave this podcast out this episode out it it's it all comes back to it it does self-care and you can't perform your best if you're not feeling your best if you're not taking care of yourself the best that you can and obviously you're gonna have troubles and everything but you're right this is a state of flux we're all in it together we're all going through this it's it's, it's hard learning how to perform as a an employee like in the workforce today it takes time and we're all going through it and learning and that's valid so yeah all right is there anything else we want to add in here oh yeah I was just gonna say thank you to everyone who gave us their input for this episode we appreciate you thank you for everyone who's been telling us nice things we appreciate that please keep it coming (laughs) (laughs) But, but no for real thank you we can't say I mean we're doing this for us and for you all and it just means the world to us when we get your feedback and hear from you. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, it, it does mean a lot. And as much as, as much as like we've said that we are enjoying these conversations, I think mm-hmm. that it, it's nice to know that we're not speaking into a void. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, if you're listening, let us know, um, give us a follow and a like and <laughs> Yeah. And before we say the end, I just have to say that if anyone has Zoom and plays with the Zoom preferences or the little beta stuff, I've been wearing a mustache for this entire time. I'm really digging it. I think I can rock a mustache. Just want to put that out there. Uh, but I think I them. also think that Gabrielle can rock a mustache. And I'm a little bit jealous because when I tried to put on the mustache, I felt not right (laughs) no I loved I loved it with the goatee with you I don't know why (laughs) it just spoke to me there's one more thing we need to say we do stay hydrated yes we love you Mm -hmm. and we'll be back in two weeks we have no clue what we're going to talk about but we'll figure it out um and we'll mm, talk to you then yeah make good choices (laughs) Make, make good choices drink water bye bye Thank you.